Chapter Ten of the Master Knot of Human Fate. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. The Master Knot of Human Fate by Ellis Meredith. Chapter Ten. Cling to thy home. If there the meanest shed yield thee a hearth and a shelter for thy head, and some poor plot with vegetables stored. Be all that heaven allots thee for thy board, unsavory bread, and herbs that scattered grow wild on the river brink or mountain brow. Yet even this cheerful mansion shall provide more heart's repose than all the world beside. Leonidas Do you know, Adam, said Robin, when they had walked a mile in silence, do you know that you are a fraud? "'Well, yes,' he responded. "'But I didn't know you knew it. "'Is the discovery recent?' "'Never mind about dates, "'but tell me why you didn't use the rifle instead of the lariat. "'What did you take it for?' "'I took it for your peace of mind. "'I didn't use it for several good and substantial and sentimental reasons. "'To reverse them, this last year I have grown to understand your horror of killing things. We have done very well without sacrificing any of our dependents. In fact, it would seem like murder to slaughter the animals about us. And it's such a little world it seems a pity to kill off any of its inhabitants. To tell the truth, I hope the bear got away all right. This is maudlin, I know, but I don't want my hand first to bring death on all there is left on earth. Incidentally, there are no cartridges. He stopped the horses while Robin readjusted the kids to make them more comfortable, and took the lame one in her arms, and they moved on. Presently she said, I am so glad of these kids. There was so much enthusiasm in her voice that Adam laughed and asked why, and she answered, "'Like you, I have sound and sentimental reasons. The sound one is that we shall need their fleece, unless—why, goodness gracious, Adam, there is a baking-powder can of flax in the dresser, and I never thought till this moment that we can plant it.' "'True,' answered Adam. But, given flax or fleece, what would you do with it? Spin it, she answered sententiously. Of course you think I can't, but it happens that I once lived, when I was a little girl, very near to an old woman. I don't refer to her age, but her ideas. She carded and spun and wove and dyed all the family clothing. She made her own soap and wouldn't have a stove in the house. She had eight children, too, and they all of them turned out badly. I used to go there off and on. I think she looked on me as a kind of sinful amusement. Anyhow, she told me the world was going to ruin, and the women were poor dueless creatures who couldn't spin a hank of yarn or gin a pound of cotton or heel a sock. She shook her head over me when she found I couldn't knit, but she set a garter for me at once, 
and during the seven or eight years that I went by her door on my way to school, she taught me all those marvelous accomplishments. I dare say I have forgotten them. "'What are the sentimental reasons?' asked Adam. She looked at the kid as it nestled against her shoulder. "'I have a fancy,' she said, "'that Nanette and her children are going to minister to a mind diseased "'and help pluck a rooted sorrow from the brain. "'The world was getting too healthy. "'Has it ever struck you that we have neither of us been sick for a day this year? "'I have had to mother the chickens, but there has been no suffering. "'I'm not glad to have pain come back into the world.' but it is good to be able to alleviate it. We will put Nanette in a sling till her leg has a chance to set, and by the time it is well she won't want to leave us. As for the kids, I expect they will be like the plague of frogs, and we shall find them in our beds and our ovens and our kneading troughs. Oh, Adam, there is the house. Doesn't it look dear and homey? She put the kid back on the sled and ran on, pointing out this and that, the growth of the corn, the afternoon radiance, till they reached their doorway. Then there were a thousand things to do. First, Nanette was made comfortable in the stable, then the chickens were summoned to a meal of yellow corn, and when Lassie drove the cows into the barnyard, each was congratulated in turn upon her calf and those interesting, if wobbly, bovine infants were carefully inspected. After supper they sat down before the fire, very tired, but the nearest happy they had been in a year. The dogs were lying about them, and the thump-thump of first one tail and then another told the story of canine content, while the kittens walked over them impartially. "'What a strange thing human nature is,' Adam said. "'The only thing needed to make our life perfect is that it shall not last. "'The moment, if that moment ever comes, when it is real no more, it will become ideal.' "'I know,' she said dreamily. "'Things in the world used to be too good to be true. "'This must cease to be to be good at all.' End of chapter 10 Recording by Roger Moline